Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. Today is the April 20th, 420 version of the Agnew mm. Daily Podcast. I'm Mike Pearson, joined today by fantastic co-host Delaney Howell. Delaney, how you doing? Good. I kind of forgot today was 420 until yeah. I logged on to Twitter, and then I saw Monsanto had posted a tweet saying, um, we continue not to have a working, well, they said Monsanto has not and is not working on GMO marijuana. But you got to wonder, as it continues <laughs> to get legal, yeah, when's that going to happen? So. You know? Right. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I thought that was interesting. And uh, for those of you folks out of the state of Iowa, the Ames Police Department has been doing uh, quite a bit on social media uh you know making making you know pot jokes and weed jokes they put some mm-hmm. donuts under a box and called it a weed trap um you know just just having fun with the whole deal for those of you listeners who are unfamiliar with it 420 is i guess international weed day for yeah. some reason i feel like i've probably I was just going to say i school. don't know i was just going to say i don't know what why today is like i don't really know the connection i've just always heard people call it that so the story i heard and i'd encourage all of our listeners if you if you know the right answer be sure to write us on uh, facebook or twitter the story i heard back in the day was that 420 used to be the police code in maybe california for when a when a when an arrest involved marijuana oh yeah i have no idea whether or not that's accurate i'm just i thought it had something to do with bob marley it that would also be likely (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. Obviously, I don't know. Who knows? So other than that news, Delaney, we're, we're getting off, uh, starting off on a high topic know. here. Uh, do you have yeah. any other news? <laughs> I do. I have just a few little pieces. Nothing big was happening today when I uh, looked through some news information, but I do have another merger to announce, and it's a farm credit merger. It will be between Ag Country Farm Credit Services and United FCS, and they will merge beginning July 1 to become Ag Country Farm Credit Services. So the uh, this company will operate in 65 counties in Minnesota, Wisconsin, and North Dakota. Okay. What was the date that was going to take effect? July 1. July, so coming oh, up, actually. Coming up, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, uh, that is interesting. So we've got another piece of news here coming out from the district court in Las Vegas. A lot of us probably remember Cliven Bundy back from 2014. He was the rancher who, uh, you know, various uh, whatever, he wasn't paying his dues his uh, his grazing fees, and then when they came to round up his cattle, he blocked them, and and it was kind of a, a standing point for a lot of, um, you know, free free rancher type folks. I, I don't know how to so many different as, uh, issues in, were at play there, but that trial has finished, and the jury is now deliberating. They deliberated on Cliven's charges uh, for three hours last week. They spent full days together, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and they are back deliberating today. So as that uh, moves forward, we'll be sure to let you know how this turns out. Well, in other news, um, Farmers National, which is an ag landowner company, has reported Land values of farm and ranches are up 21% compared to last year. 
and they have sold 10% more acres than this time last year. And they say a lot of that is attributed to farmers not uh, selling land, but buying land and a few other factors. I think that I found that article on AgWeb, which is powered by Farm Journal, if anybody is interested in reading the full story. All right. Be sure to check that out. Uh, one of the things that I, I think people oftentimes forget about is the massive stories we read about in the headlines. A lot of times they do have an impact on our industry. And over the past five or six years, we've heard a lot about the uh, terrorist group Boko Haram in Nigeria. They kidnapped all of those schoolgirls. Well, right now, that conflict in Nigeria, the Boko Haram conflict, has gotten so bad that Nigerian wheat farmers are fleeing the country and wheat production in the zone that Boko Haram controls has dropped to just 20% of where it was just five or six years ago. So they are continuing to uh, produce less and less wheat, which is what we're doing here in this country, but we're being driven by market forces, not necessarily uh, terrorist groups. Mm, right. Yeah, I saw that story too, which is interesting, but I don't know how much relevant it relevance it um, impacts our markets here well any fewer acres is uh, good news for american wheat growers but you know you hate to hear it at the expense of uh you know starving farmers out in africa right 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 what else you got well in other in other international news uh vice president trump is meeting with the indonesian president today to discuss trade and commercial disputes. Tuesday, he was in Japan to uh, talk about bilateral trade, and Trump announced this week that he is planning a trip to Asia this fall to attend three different summits, and hopefully trade will be on his agenda also. All right. Do we know yet, has he called Prime Minister Justin Trudeau to uh, get a solution to the dairy problem yet I in haven't heard an update on that. Hmm. Well, we do have a fantastic interview today with our good friend and uh, and uh, occasional market analyst, Naomi Bloom from Wisconsin. She'll give her thoughts on the dairy markets. But before we get to that, Delaney, should we talk how the markets close for the day? Yes. Why don't you read us those market closing prices? Will do. So let's start with corn. May corn closed down four cents on the day, ended at 357 and three quarters. December corn also down four cents, finished at 382 and a half. Soybeans, the May contract down three and a half cents, finished at 946 and three quarters. Novi beans down four and a half cents, finished at 953 and three quarters. In the wheat pit, May wheat down 12 and three quarter cents, finished at 406 and a quarter. December wheat down 11 cents, 459 and a half. Looking over at the livestock markets, we saw an interesting diversion here. We saw the live cattle markets continue their recent run of strength while feeders took a step back. April lean, uh, April live cattle rather, up a dollar seventy, finished at one twenty nine sixty two and a half. The June live cattle contract up fifty two and a half cents, finished at one sixteen forty seven and a half. In feeder cattle, the April contract was down 77.5 cents, finished at 137.90. May feeders down 57.5 cents, finished at 139.75. In the lean hog market, the May lean hog contract was down $2.75 cents, finished at 63.80. June lean hogs down $1.27.5, closed at 68.67.5. And And as we will talk about with Naomi, the April Class 3 milk contract was down 6 cents, finished at 15.18. The May contract down 18, excuse me, up 18 cents, closed the day at 15.36. Delaney, should we let uh, Naomi take it from here? 
let's let her take it from here. We are welcomed now by Naomi Bloom of Stuart Peterson up there in Wisconsin. Naomi, let's talk cattle markets here first. What's going on? We're seeing huge jumps today up. Uh, what are we up here? Oh, no, today we're down. I'm looking at feeder cattle were down, but live cattle were up. Why are we seeing such mixed markets between the two? Well, there's a few things going on with cattle right now. Um, in the front month April contract, that market is getting ready to expire. And so um, when that happens, a lot of times those front month contracts continue to push a little higher. And in this case, it's running up to where the cash markets are trading. So the volume is real light there, and that's what's propelling that market higher. June and August cattle today finished about 50 points higher, and they're finding real good support on overall demand and cash trade being fantastic. Um, today we had good news that the beef cutouts were higher, um, so that's supportive to the market as well. Um, and to start the day, the feeder market traded higher too and made new contract highs, but then we saw profit taking at the end of the trade session today. So with the cattle market, the recent run-up that we've had has, is very warranted. It is a true run-up, but my fear is that because we're getting ready to head into the end of the month, the funds are really long in those markets, and they like to make sure that they're putting profits on the book. So it wouldn't surprise me one little bit if we see the market have a little bit of a setback or a correction, but I think the fundamentals have shifted friendly enough right now that if we see that setback, it's going to lead more into a sideways trading range just because the demand domestically is so strong and even our export market is still pretty strong too. Well, and that's the thing, Naomi. And, you know, let's let's scratch April, the April futures off our list. Let's focus on the summer, June and August. In particular, the June contract, we're currently trading, you know, what, right south of 117, 116 and change. And yep. the, the, uh, sorry, that was my phone. Um, whoever's <laughs> calling me, I apologize. We're on the air. Um, well, we currently have cash trade happening this week at 135. I mean, we're looking at a $20 basis almost to the June mm -hmm. contract. Mm -hmm. Boy, it, that makes it real tough for folks to want to make aggressive sales in here that far out. How do you advise people to, uh, to manage their risk? given that disparity between cash and futures prices? Well, what we've been encouraging is locking in cash first. Do what okay. you can do there, first and foremost, um, because that's, you know, money in your pocket, quite frankly. Um, I'm, I'm really mindful that the fundamentals have shifted enough to keep the market overall supported, and as long as the demand can stay as strong as it is, which I think it will. We're heading into summer and growing season, and the economy is good, so I think that demand stays strong. But then the question becomes, all right, where is our supply actually at? How much herd loss happened out west? The, you know, we still are hearing of livestock being called out there. We're now with lung damage from the fires. So the market's, I think, trying to get a handle on things. Um, so focus on what you can do in the cash markets first. If you are a person who would feel more comfortable knowing that you've got some profits being locked in, you could look at buying some June puts or some October puts. Um, but right now, I, I'm just not being overly aggressive on anything because the fundamentals right now are supported enough that we should at least remain in a sideways trading range, even on a setback. 
And so far, most of this run-up, particularly on the demand side, looking at this strength in the cash market, this is pretty much all being driven by domestic consumption, isn't it? Have we seen much on the export side that would uh, get us excited quite yet? Um, it, it is mostly domestic-related. Um, however, our export markets, you know, they've been pretty consistent, um, at least – 10% of our production is being exported, and with the dollar being a little lower the past few weeks, that's definitely been helpful. We've even heard little, um, heard little tidbits of China coming out and verbally saying we're looking at opening the borders again to importing U.S. beef. They had always been using Hong Kong as the back door, and now there's rhetoric of them saying we would actually bring the product in. So there's you know, just a few tidbits of supportive news. And, yeah, domestic markets are fantastic. So as long as that all can stay in place, we should be okay for a while. Now, jumping markets into the milk or the dairy markets, um, Class 3 milk has been um, affected, obviously, by what's been going on with grasslands and Wisconsin. But uh, do you see that it's reached its plateau? I think today it mentioned – today it shows, like, it's up which I think is relatively the mm -hmm. first time in a couple of days. Yeah. With the dairy market, my true opinion is that the grassland news is priced into the market. I think it's over and done with. Um, obviously, for the producers affected by it, it is an ongoing issue, and I don't mean to discount their situation by any means. However, market-wise, it's priced in. Um, technically speaking, milk put in some bottoming technical signals on charts last week even, and we don't have any reason to see that market really take a triumphant rally from here, but there's a couple fun new things going on. Um, cash cheese block prices have held steady for four sessions, um, hasn't had a down day since April 7th, and um, there's some better export news kind of coming out, and the global dairy trade auction and the dollar being lower, the global dairy trade auction is a little bit more of a friendly story. We're seeing some better numbers there. There's talk that European milk production is working a little lower. So we're not looking for a triumphant rally or anything like that, but I think what we've seen is the market saying that $15 is as low as it's going to go for right now, and because the demand is picking up and a little bit less production from Europe, the market's at a point of trying to find its true balance. So if we see a little bit of a correction, we could see milk at most go up to $16. But I was talking with a dairy farmer from Wisconsin today, and we actually have a new issue here going on where the alfalfa crop has a lot of winter kill. Um, a lot of our big dairies are east of kind of Green Bay, east of Fond du Lac where I live, um, and between um, like Lake Winnebago and Lake Michigan. And the, the alfalfa loss is substantial where each field has nearly 30 to 100% loss for many counties there and even some parts of southwest Wisconsin. Jeez. And, and I asked, yeah, it's a big deal. And, and the market hasn't really picked up on it yet. So a couple of things it's going to do is that when you have loss like that, obviously it affects your entire year. And you can do things to reseed, but it doesn't always work and it's not the most effective and so these are producers who are going to have to be changing their feed rations and, you know, incorporating more grain, more soybean meal, and things like that. And apparently, I learned all of this today, alfalfa is the best thing that a cow will like to have to give her the most milk production. So mm -hmm. even though these cows are going to be eating and it creates 
like in our little pocket of Wisconsin, better demand for corn or better demand for soybean meal, um, we might see in our little pocket of the state milk production down just a little bit because the cows aren't eating their best, most nutritious meal to make the most production. So is that something that can move the market? Maybe not to make it rally, but it's enough to say, hey, maybe Wisconsin milk production is going to be down just a little bit in the coming year, and it could keep maybe just U.S. milk production a little bit more um, stagnant or unchanged and just overall give the market a little bit more support so we don't see those catastrophic falls. Helping ensure so that 15's the bottom there or on the low side. Right, right, yes. So do you see do you see um, this lower milk production as a positive thing for the markets? I mean, obviously we're in in a time of excess milk or overproduction. It would be enough. Say. Yeah, it's it's not like a it's not positive where the market would like rally a dollar off of it. It's a mm-hmm. positive in the sense that it keeps us from falling lower. So gotcha. It's supportive that way. Now, uh, Naomi, to jump us over, you know, to keep us from going lower, I just pulled up the wheat market for the day, and it does not appear that anything is keeping that market from going lower. We're off 11 and a quarter on the nearby 11 and a half in July. Boy, are we testing new lows here? We're close to the lows from December. We're only maybe at most a dime away. The funds, I was just looking at a chart of how short they are in the market and of course they're back to near record um, short positions so my thinking on this is that we'll go and retest the lows for wheat we'll retest the lows on corn the ones that we've been stuck in since october and then all of a sudden we'll flip the calendar and it's a new month and then the funds will say okay we've been short now we can start trading weather they'll start to buy back short positions they don't have a reason to go long But I think they start to take profits because that's what they want to do for their trades and for their customers. And so they don't have a reason to really sell that market off anymore because we have to make sure that these crops are grown. So I'm actually looking for a little bit of a corrective bounce as we head into May. Nothing that says screaming rally because, of course, it has to be weather-induced. Okie doke. Now, uh, same story on the corn market you were saying. How about soybeans? Has the market... Are we trading that 90 million acres of soybeans? Is that the is that the number the trade has in its head? Yes, we absolutely are trading that number. And where we sit right now, the market has a 50-50 chance of moving either two bucks higher or two bucks lower, and oh. it just comes down to making sure. Yeah, I know. How do you market that? Oh, <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah, well, and here's the reality of it, is that if we have those six million more acres come in, and if demand is good, if the, if the yields come out at trend line are better, ending stocks grow and you add that on top of what south america has and that's a reason for the market to slip lower and we could get all the way down to the eight dollar area before we see the next level of support however if we have those six million more acres and assuming demand can stay as strong as it is right now if we have yield coming at 45 bushel to the acre which is still good it's below trend line but it still is really good then we see ending stocks drop to like 350 million bushels, so it's a little less than where we are right now, and it keeps the market then in the 10 to $11 range until we get back into what South America does next winter. So it just boils down to weather right now, and as long as we don't have any goofy trade wards that would erupt, 
demand is awesome. Things are going okay, and we just have to watch this weather. But, Naomi, you set us up there with the question on everybody's mind. We've got a potential $4 range, depending on weather. Mm -hmm. But guys are looking yep. at this. Guys and ladies, of course, all producers are looking at these numbers. We're looking at uh, Novi Beans, close the day. Where'd they close? Naomi, do you have that handy? 9.54? Yep, 9.53 and three quarters. 9.53 and three quarters. So we've given up, what, little, little more than 50 cents here just in the past three weeks. Producers are going, gosh, I'd sure hate to see it go any lower, right? We're currently bumping up against cost of production for a lot of folks. But, mm -hmm. geez, I don't want to give up the possibility of of 11-plus beans. How do I do it? Am I safe right now to get out there and buy some November puts? Do you just spend the money on the option? Um, you, if you were absolutely really, really nervous and scared, then yes, you should. One thing I'll add is that the market is oversold, technically speaking, on charts. Um, we are also heading up against, like I said, the funds going into a short position. When they go short beans, they don't stay short for too long, historically speaking. And, and any weather scares here should make the market have a bump higher. So I would say we're going to probably see a weather market push along the way, which gives us a correction from the market fall that we just had. That correction could take the November price probably back up to like the 9.95 area, maybe 10 bucks. But most guys, if they, they recognize the value of beans that were there and they've forward contracted aggressively or they already bought puts on unpriced bushels because that was the most profitable move that they had for planting. So on a rally, yeah, we should be making more cash sales. Yes, we should be buying more puts. I would be patient. I, I really would be patient and wait for a little bit of a bump here before you buy puts. But if for some reason you absolutely were scared or nervous, I wouldn't invest oodles of money right now. I would maybe just keep it simpler with more like a $9 soybean put and go out to November. Those $9 puts today are about $0.24, cents, so you're not investing a huge amount. And really the big fear would be, if prices went lower than $9 come harvest, because then that means we've got a big crop out there and the next target lower would be eight bucks. The $9 put has a pretty good return rate of 30% to start. It would go penny for penny of the more that we work lower. So if you are concerned, that's what I would do. But otherwise, if you can be patient, I think it's okay to be patient. Well, Naomi, you always have an optimistic way to put a spin on the markets, but we really appreciate you taking the time to uh, hash through them all with us. And we hope to talk to you again in a couple of weeks, um, get some market updates from you then. That'd be great. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks again to Naomi Bloom for taking the time to uh, talk to us and give us her insights on these markets. Delaney, we are just about done for the week, aren't we? We are. Oh, my goodness. It's been a long week, it feels like. It does. It does. It feels like a long week. But we still have one final interview tomorrow. Who are we going to be talking to? Well, I kind of think we've uh, saved the best for last. Tomorrow, we will be talking to Senator Joni Ernst. She's a junior senator from Iowa. And we're going to talk, hopefully, RFS, EPA, maybe some trade, and what's going on in the White House from her point of view. That's right. So, folks, do make sure you subscribe via iTunes or Google Play or any other place you get podcasts. And we will be back tomorrow with a fresh look at the world of agriculture. Thanks so much and have a great night.